What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. It is Friday, and you know what that means. I am fired up. I am joined today by Melissa Meredith. Melissa has her own agency. She's doing some really good things in the B2B space. I met her, and we hit it off. And the topic we're diving into today is having a hospitality mindset when it comes to content marketing. I really enjoyed this one talking about scarcity, talking about an abundant mindset, how to create authority, a lot of good lanes to go down in this one. If you like what we're doing over here, hit the subscribe button, tell a damn marketing friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. We do appreciate that. Without further ado, it's Friday. Let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I am excited for this conversation. We are recording this um, it's right before the holidays. So I wish kind of I was where our guest is located now, um, stuck in cold Indianapolis. Um, she is in Tampa, which sounds uh, nice right now, uh, getting some weather. Um, but I'm joined by Melissa Meredith, who's the owner at Content Creative. We got connected, had a conversation before this, just like most of these go. And she said some things that stood out to me. We're going to be talking about this topic that is having a hospitality mindset to content marketing. That that was interesting. Uh, we're going to dig into that, and hopefully, everyone out there can learn something from Melissa. I know I have already, but without further ado, Melissa, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. I am in the Sunshine State, where it is currently 66 degrees and raining. So, <laughs> well, oh, yeah, there, there's the rain there. I'll take the 66 degrees though. I will. Um, But yeah, I, I, maybe we start here is I'm curious, just, I know you have some thoughts and opinions just on B2B content and we're going to get into that. But before we do, I'd love to learn a little bit more about just like your background, why you started content creative, just kind of give the listeners some context before we jump in. Yeah, Absolutely. So my marketing career really started while I was still in college. I was taking on internships where I was working with design and production companies. And it was back when social media was, you know, this brand new thing for business. It really intrigued me as part of my work with those production companies. I started essentially taking on some of those clients for free to really just kind of jump in and um, all hands on deck, trial and error, learn more. And it, it just piqued my interest in social media. I was already taking marketing classes in school. I was a telecom major at IU, go Hoosiers. And from there, it just kind of, you know, put me in this path where I was just extremely passionate about marketing and about the impact that marketing can have on a business, but much deeper than that to me is the impact that by that business doing well, that it has on its people. Fast forward to, I'm losing track of time now, 2019. <laughs> and I had been doing a lot of um, strategy and consulting work where I'm you know, brought in to do projects or audits or you know, a strategic plan. And I had the opportunity to work with a lot of really great marketing teams. I really enjoyed the work, but there was kind of a gap there where I would hand off these strategic plans that a lot of times were very content heavy, especially obviously in say content audit or content strategy. And the team themselves didn't actually currently have a relationship with an agency or the internal capacity to create this content at the scale that it needed to be created, right? So you have, you know, your marketing directors, your social media person, but a lot of this content was outside of the scope of their work. And so I would be handing off these plans to a team that really couldn't execute on it and really couldn't bring it to fruition. So at that point for them, it's kind of like, well, what, what do we do here? 
So it inspired me to launch Content Creative, which is a full service content creation brand and digital content agency. So a lot of times when people ask about what we do, there's a little bit of a confusion that content is social media, right? Content is not just social media. For those listening that aren't sure what we do, we provide the imagery for you to utilize on your websites within your social media. We write um, blog content or website content for you. We help you strategize your campaign and identify all the areas where you may need written content, video content, uh, photo content. So long answer, short question. (laughs) I I love it. No, that's great. And I love the passion behind it. And I think one of the things that stood out to me when we um, spoke, and maybe that this can kind of serve as a backdrop for the conversation is I vividly remember because I took a note of you saying the purpose of content marketing isn't direct sales. However, so I think so many, when I thought about the topic for today, I thought, I thought, you know, so many senior leadership, executive team members, like who maybe not have been in a marketing position and are building out teams of marketing, don't really understand the mechanics of why we do content marketing and the impact content marketing has. And so they go out and they, they hear content marketing and they go hire an agency or go hire a person. And immediately those individuals are kind of under the gun because they're saying, all right, well, we're producing this content. Like, why isn't this amounting to leads? And why isn't these, these leads amounting to pipeline? When we all know as content people, there are several different layers and steps in between that need to take place in order for, you know, content to earn trust and content to lead to people to make the decision to come back and check out your solution. So maybe like just before we get into the hospitality component, because I know you have an opinion on this, just like this idea of content isn't content marketing shouldn't be about just direct sales and talk a little bit about that. And then maybe like what can content people do in their role to maybe like manage up and educate on the intention and the purpose behind the content that we're creating. Yeah. So I think that there's just this big misidea that content marketing really is directly correlated to sales and content marketing content is not sales content. When you really look at the content marketing funnel, right? You have top, middle, bottom, just like you do within the the sales funnel and majority of your content, mostly speaking, will be that top funnel. You'll have, you know, a, a medium amount of middle, but if most of the content you're producing is bottom funnel, sales driven, lead generation content, you're not actually doing content marketing. You're creating sales content. And a really great example when you ask that question I just thought of and kind of why that matters is I have a client in the manufacturing space. They, they create and manufacture a very specific product. But within that product, their customers, there are certain maintenance things that they need to be doing, certain service calls that they need to have. And as a company, they actually offer a 360 approach. So once you buy the unit from them, they will send out service people. They will help basically maintain the life cycle of the unit. However, there are things you should be doing independently. And one of the things that we're planning to do for 2022 is to create an abundance of content centered around maintenance and what you should be doing and how you should be maintaining this this unit and this product and different places that you can position it and why that matters. And To me, that's more of what's true content marketing, right? Because not only do our existing customers, we're providing value to them past the cost of the product itself, right? Like when you buy a product, you look at the cost and you do a quick analysis on what does this cost? When you start being able to provide content that helps improve the value of the product that you're selling, but also extend the life to where 
maybe another company, that product would only last five years. And because of the information, the content we're giving you, it lasts 10 years. There's a value add there that can't really be assessed by a dollar number, but it creates loyalty within that customer, but also for customers that are interested in your product and like, you know, what makes you different? Well, we actually don't want you to have to buy something new from us all the time. We want to be able to help you. We want to be able to create content and information that is helping you work through these problems in a way that even if it's not our unit, this information is applicable in a way that helps you and benefits you. And to me, that's really what true content marketing is about. So when you're when you are describing that, and I was trying to think, um, you, your example is like a manufacturing one. I was trying to think in my head, all right, like what is the first software company that comes to mind that would map to what what Melissa was saying about just content marketing? And like the first one in my mind that stood out was was HubSpot, right? Like you you buy hubs you buy HubSpot because you need you know automation, you need workflows, all these things. But like what HubSpot does a good job of, right, is continuing that education outside of purchase by creating these how-tos, how to think, and all of these articles. So is is that kind of, it, would the HubSpot example fall in line of kind of your thinking about just like how to approach uh, kind of the B2B content marketing space? Absolutely. And it's ironic. I actually made a post on LinkedIn like a month or so ago about that specifically and about how, you know, we're not all HubSpot, right? Like we don't have the capacity or the bandwidth to create that volume of content, but looking at that model and what they did and understanding that what they, what they did and the way that they did it, the intention behind it initially was lead generation. But once they started seeing the success of that model and seeing the impact it had on their brand as a whole, they kind of diverted into talking more about topics that were even more broad outside of just who they were because of the long-term impact they saw of creating content in that way. No, no doubt about it. And so before we jump, like we're beating around the bush a little bit, we're going to dive into the hospitality component, but I'd love maybe your insight and feedback because I'm sure you work with a lot of different content teams. You work with individual contributors. You probably work with leadership team members. I guess like if there is someone out there in, let's say, an individual contributor role, and right now they understand the long game and they understand intention and purpose of their content, but maybe they're getting mixed signals from their leadership team on what they think they should be doing. And that individual contributor just like needs to figure out ways to manage up and educate. Like, what are some maybe tips or advice that you have for people who might feel stuck? and in that role, and they're just trying to educate internally on just the value of content marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. It's something that a lot of times when people are asking that question, it's because they're data-driven, right? Like they're analytical. They want to see numbers. They want to see growth. They want to see improvement. Oftentimes with content marketing, that's hard to measure because it is such a long game. However, one of the things that I've started doing and I've started recommending is pay attention to a couple specific metrics on your Google Analytics within your website traffic. If your bounce rate is going down, if your pages per session and average session duration are going up, content marketing is working and it's doing its job because people are coming to your website, they're finding what they're needing, they're staying longer, and they're going through more pages within your website. And that in itself tells you that customer is a potential customer that's interested in what you have. In kind of correlation with that, obviously, you always want a new 
or a high percent of new users on your website. But if you also start to see that you're returning users, that percent is increasing. That's telling you people are coming back to your website. They found something they were interested in, something that helps them. And if, if you're talking to someone who's analytical, right, like that's what they're going to want to see. They're going to want to see percent increases and in, in numbers. And those kind of three to four key areas are always somewhere where I'm like, hey, I know it's not a direct correlation, but if we see these numbers going in this direction, this tells us what we're doing is working. I love that. Yeah, it's finding ways and opportunities to educate on the long game. And yeah, it's not necessarily always net new, but it's that returning component, right? Because we know like we, the, right. the way we buy it, it, it's typically, we don't visit a website for the first time, read a blog post and then, you know, go buy something or go request a demo. It's a, it's a volume of, of individual kind of transactions. And I think that's a good way to approach it. If you're just a content person feeling stuck, um, those are some good uh, nuggets of advice. Yeah. And especially in the B2B space, I mean, your, your average sales cycle can be anywhere from, you know, a month to six months. So you're, you're not having that quick turnaround, which means that those numbers are even more important because you want to make sure people are coming back and that you're providing something for them to where they don't just spend the first time on your website. And then because you have a lack of content, they're not interested in coming back to your website, which then kind of takes away the opportunity to make them a customer. No doubt. Let's jump into the hospitality mindset. When I first heard you say that, I thought of like, you know, a hotel immediately. That was like the first image that came into my mind. And I thought about B2B content and how so much of it is about the individuals who are writing and they're trying to kind of share their point of view and not necessarily take kind of their audience into consideration. So that was kind of the imagery that ran through my mind, kind of a hotel, thinking about your content from that hospitality perspective. But I'd love for you to dig in, like when when you think about content from the hospitality perspective, like. How, what are you thinking about? Like, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I come from um, a background in working in hospitality. So restaurants, bars, et cetera, high school, all the way through college. And as I started working in marketing, I realized that a lot of the mindset, if it isn't the same, it should be the same, right? Because you're serving someone, you're serving a customer, you're trying to find multiple touch points to make their experience as enjoyable as possible. And it's about the customer, not about you, right? Especially in B2B marketing, in, in B2C marketing, like it's obviously about the consumer, right? Because the consumer is buying the product, the customer is buying the product. Like you know it's a, it's a customer and you're trying to appeal to them. For whatever reason in B2B marketing, the, the content marketer or the marketer or the business themselves get so wrapped up in talking about themselves and why they're the best at what they do. Well, everyone thinks they're the best at what they do. So you're you're not really being unique there. But you're also taking away that hospitality mindset, which really should be the goal and the key of marketing, which is providing customer service to a customer, providing solutions, providing multiple touch points, creating an experience for them that was so enjoyable that they want to come back and they want to tell tell their friends about you. That in and of itself for me is the hospitality mindset. And it's so important, especially in B2B marketing. And I think that it's just so easy to get caught up on talking about yourself because your customer is looking for, for, you know, what makes you different, but sometimes just what makes you different is the fact that you care about the customer and they can see that and they can feel that. No doubt about it. You mentioned experience, which is a, a word I want to pull at. I think uh, experience uh, is a kind of a word that is used often in B2B. Like we need to create better experiences. We need to focus on the experience. But when 
teams think about experience, they don't necessarily think about other functional groups. Like the marketing team doesn't think about other functional groups. And when I think about experience, I think about, well, it takes the someone to get to your website, then there's content that fuels the education. And then there's a problem identified. They talk to sales, they end up becoming a customer. They end up, you know, being managed by your customer success team. So there's a, to me, I think in order to create great experiences, you've got to involve uh, a lot of different functional groups who are a part of that uh, experience. But I didn't, along with, I think a bunch of other marketers uh, didn't connect the dots that we need to kind of break these internal silos down in order to deliver um, the best experience possible for our customers or future customers. I know you talk to a lot of different organizations, like how are they thinking about experience? Is it, is it still siloed within marketing? Are marketers breaking through and realizing they need to collaborate with other functions? I'd, I'd love for you to kind of dig into that a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that they're, I think it depends on the size of the organization, right? Because smaller organizations can wrap their hands around the other areas, the other departments a little bit easier. Once you start getting to these really big organizations, it just becomes hard to get that many people in a room and to get that many people on a Zoom call. (laughs) But one of the things that I always recommend is at least once a year, incorporate your customer service team into your marketing meeting. A couple of reasons. One, your experience doesn't just stop with a purchase. It continues on past that purchase. And oftentimes, customer service is that experience that gets overlooked. If someone has a problem, that's who they're reaching out to. And if you aren't training your customer service on your brand, on the touch points, on these key pieces of information, that experience now goes away. And all of that positive feedback that that customer had leading up to that, it's not completely negated, but it gets diluted a little bit. And then on the flip side, your customer service team are the ones who are hearing those complaints, those concerns, those questions. And that really should be the core of your content marketing to an extent, because those are the questions you're getting asked and the problems you're seeing. But those should also go on to your product development team, to your you know, internal development team, like whatever other teams you have, that, that customer service is kind of the heart of what you do. And if you're not involving them in conversations, you're missing out on a lot of really critical information, as well as education opportunities for, for the team as well. I've spent time spoken to a lot of content marketers this year, and there's there's different camps and I think levels of maturation of where content teams are. What you just described, I would say, is like highly sophisticated content marketing team that is cla- highly collaborative, not only externally but internally. I think on the other side of that is maybe kind of where we started, where you've got this kind of s- scarce mindset, where it's like, all right. We need to go bring in a content person because we need them to churn out a bunch of blog posts because that have keywords in them because we want to be seen by Google. So when someone searches something and that's all we're going to do, we're just going to play the volume game. I think there's, and then there's some in-between transition, but it seems to me like the two extremes are, are a lot of my conversations have been this year. Obviously we want collaborative, but there's a lot of people stuck in this just like scarce mindset leadership saying, do this, how, as we, as content people, how do you think can we, we can combat kind of being in a position where there's a scarce mindset? Like what are some things that we can be doing to like, kind of like come from a place of abundance, educate internally on the value of content marketing. I'd love for you to dig in on that. Yeah. I think one of the the things that in my personal experience that 
I'm not afraid to have a conversation too and just say, hey, if that's the kind of direct results you're looking for, you should be running PPC in line with your content marketing because this is not going to turn those results for you. If that's really the outcome you're looking for, then maybe this isn't the right thing for you. And this is what you should do instead. And a lot of times that kind of gets someone's attention because you're not only basically saying, hey, I'm not guaranteeing you these results, but you're still providing a professional recommendation, which a lot of times just helps people see that you do know what you're doing and what you're talking about. And I think content is such a new thing. And there are a lot of quote unquote experts in the field that you don't necessarily always know who to believe and trust. And I think just kind of having that conversation up front does build that trust. But I also think like kind of going back to that HubSpot example, look at what happened to their company, look at what happened to their brand, look at what happened to their trust with their customers because they just created an abundance with their customer as the the focal point. And I think that sometimes we forget that business relationships are built the same way that personal relationships are, right? Like it doesn't just happen overnight and you have to get to know that person. And sometimes organically, your best friend is someone who's just been so vulnerable with you that you've connected with them on a deeper level. Business content really is the same. It's just expressing to your customer that you get them, you understand them and being vulnerable in a way that is relatable but understanding like the more opportunity we create, the more vulnerability we share, the more that our customer is going to relate to and want to connect with us. So I love the topic of uh, making yourself vulnerable. I would, uh, another thing we chatted about was just like coming, coming from and being a place of authority with your content. When I think of um, being an authority figure, I don't necessarily run parallels with like making yourself vulnerable but I, 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 I don't know. I, I love like, how do those two work together in your opinion? Like yeah. how, how can you be real? How can you be vulnerable? Talk about your shortcomings, talk about these t- sorts of things, but also kind of be viewed, viewed as a content authority in the space that you're operating in. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just problem solution, right? Like as an organization, by no means am I saying like, Hey, let's tell them about, you know, every fire that gets put out every, every day. But if there was a, a big problem in your organization, your team, teams, plural, work together to solve that. And it's something that you recognize is something happening, happening, you know, kind of across the board in your industry, share that because I'm sure that information can be helpful for other people in a way that that vulnerability is really an understanding, right? Like it's not, it's not vulnerable in the way we usually think of vulnerable. It's just saying, hey, guess what? We're not perfect either, but we are in a position where we want to make it work and we want to fix it. Like we're not just letting problems continue to be problems. We did take ownership and we are an authority on this. And this is what we did to fix the problem. And to anyone else having this problem, here's our story. I love it. Um, Maybe we close out with this. I'd love for you to maybe share with the listeners, like anyone who is listening to this conversation understands what we're talking about from hospitality mindset perspective and wants to shift kind of their company's approach on content going into next year? Like what are like maybe one or two things that you think tactically that they should start doing to kind of get to a better place six to 12 months from now? Yeah, I think first and foremost, create three objectives that have nothing to do with sales, like not number sales driven at all. Um, maybe it's, you know, have a better brand awareness and then be able to quant- you know, quantify that in a way that makes sense and is measurable, but come up with those three objectives that have nothing to do with, you know, your, your bottom line at the end of the year. Once you have those objectives, do a content audit, go through and look at everything that you've done 
you know, leading up to that point, whether it's on your website, your social, and look at, you know, not only what's performing well, but does this align with where we're wanting to go? And if it doesn't, how can we refresh or change the existing content? But how can we also start producing content that aligns with these new objectives? You know, maybe you're doing a webinar series where you bring on an expert that's outside of your industry, but relates to your customers and you're having conversations and your customers are reaching out and, you know, just starting to really think outside the box and get creative on how you can solve your customers' problems through your content or provide information for them that may not have anything to do with you specifically, but puts you in a place where you are the go-to for your customer on that information. A lot of good information, a lot of good insights shared in this one. Melissa, before I let you go, where can people find you? Where do you post your stuff? Where can people follow you after this conversation? Absolutely. Our website is www.contentcreative.co. And that is our company website. For me personally, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I like sharing a lot of thoughts, ideas there. Um, I do have a personal Instagram. It's Melissa E. Meredith. And I'd be more than glad to have you follow me over there and follow some of my personal stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Melissa. Appreciate your insights in the conversation. Have to talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Enjoyed that conversation. Hopefully you did too. Hopefully you learned something that'll help you level up how you are thinking about your work. Becoming a modern day marketer, that is what this show is about and exploring ways to do it. Thank you so much, Melissa. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back with more Modern Day Marketer next week.